Jesus challenges his followers to leave the sorting out of good and evil to God and invites us to recognize that the field of the kingdom, as mixed up and jumbled with weeds as it might be, continues to produce good fruit in our midst. In the name of the God of the fields, Amen. So part of the joy and at the same time the challenge of serving in a community for a long period of time is that the old stories come up again. And I don't just mean the old scripture stories like today's familiar one, known traditionally as the weeds and the tares. I mean stories that we like to tell to each other that bring the gospel to life in our real and imperfect lives. So I'm going to retell a story to you today that I've told before. And if you've heard it before and are bored with it, I ask you to indulge me a little bit, please. It involves my grandfather, who spent many years of his adult and family life in northern Michigan. The Upper Peninsula is known for its long, dark, cold winters and its beautiful, often cool summers. He and my grandmother directed for a number of years a church conference center up there on the shores of Little Lake with a small house in the woods and a dock for their rowboat, a sailboat in the garage, and a small chapel on the conference center grounds that came with a dedicated flock of churchgoers from the surrounding community. It was a lovely life, filled with fishing and relaxing times, and my grandparents did what they always loved to do, and that's work crossword puzzles. And I don't ever, though, remember there being a garden at my grandparents' home, at least not on the summer visits when I was up there. And there probably would have been difficulties had they tried it, because I'm not sure the soil was deep enough, and probably the growing season wasn't quite long enough, and the shade of the trees probably wouldn't have helped either. But towards the end of my grandfather's life, when they were older, they moved to the warmer climes of Newton, Kansas, about 30 miles from where I grew up, and Grandpa decided it was time to dig into the rich agricultural soil of the Midwest. He was going to plant a garden. Now, south-central Kansas is known for many things, not least of which is weeds. And with the winds that blow from springtime into the sultry summer days, seed from everywhere and anywhere ends up in even the most carefully cultivated plot of ground. My family would spend long hours keeping the careful furrows and rows behind our house weeded, and often to no avail. Bindweed and ragweed and grasses of all kinds did get into the soil, and indeed they sometimes seemed to be planted by the evil one at night when no one was looking. Alfalfa seed would blow in from the neighboring field and try to take over, and prickly Osage orange saplings would materialize where a squirrel had been busy shredding the hedge apples. We'd even see the occasional head of grain emerging in a stubborn patch of weeds. 
My mother had a name for non-weed species that sprung up occasionally. She called them volunteers. Now there's a definition for the church community for you. In any case, it was inevitable by the end of the summer that some parts of the garden would be overrun. Others would just be turned over by mom and dad behind the tiller. And others, again, would be tolerably weeded. But that would only last a few days, and then we would have to start all over. Grandpa, on the other hand, couldn't be bothered. He just worked his crosswords. So his garden plot was a complete mess, as I remember it with no rhyme or rhythm to it. He planted the winds and creatures of God, and maybe the evil one too, who knew, came in and seeded. He watered the whole lot, and everything from low crab to tall, unnamed grasses took over, along with the crickets and the grasshoppers. But it was his garden. It was his garden. And even though I dare not go in because there might be all kinds of animals and creatures like skunks or snakes or things hiding among the weeds, it was his garden. Frankly, I think my parents quietly thought he was crazy. But Grandpa, as the growing season progressed, would disappear into the weeds and he would emerge a few seconds later with a beautiful squash or a pumpkin maybe some beans and corn. And that was just annoying because his boyish success with seemingly little effort on his part was a marked contrast sometimes to all the sweat and elbow grease that went into our garden, which was nevertheless often overtaken by beetles, worms, moths, or blight, and entire crops would be lost. So, of course, today's gospel for me is about Grandpa. Grandpa in his garden, his small plot not quite big enough to be called a field. His, his was a wisdom that maybe came with the grace of age or maybe the grace of understanding this gospel in a way that our more orderly minds couldn't. Maybe he wasn't so concerned about what grew, but trusting that something good would come of it. Anyway, when Jesus tells this parable to his followers, he must explain it to them as he has been explaining parables to us for a few weeks now. They, just like us, are a dense people, often incapable of reading life's meaning into the richness that is found in everyday metaphors like weeds and wheat, like bread and like wine. He describes the kingdom of God like an unkept plot of earth, an untidy field filled with good things and bad, roots intertwined, all growing up together. But perhaps even more challenging, as is often the case in scripture, is what Jesus does not offer in his parable of the wheat and the weeds. He gives us very little to go on, if anything at all, in how to distinguish between the wheat and the weeds, the desirable and the undesirable. On the big screen of the Anglican Communion in recent weeks, a group of Anglicans met in Jerusalem, and there, after meeting and praying, they proclaimed that the Episcopal Church and the Anglican Church of Canada 
and the Church of Brazil are all apostate and devoid of Christ, and then proclaim themselves to be the true believers. They now call themselves the Fellowship of Confessing Anglicans, F-O-C-A, FOCA, the newest addition to the growing confusion of Anglican alphabet soup. Many of the bishops in FOCA, most of whom are from just a handful of the 38 churches of the communion, are boycotting the Lambeth Conference of Anglican bishops now gathered. They're annoyed that the Archbishop of Canterbury hasn't tossed us aside, and they have decided it is time to weed the field themselves, to drum out the heretics, to kick out the undesirables, and to continue the arduous pursuit of the purified church without Canterbury's help. Thank you very much. The thing is, it's an old pursuit that goes all the way back to the origins of the Protestant Reformation. In my most charitable moments, I wish them luck. They're going to need it. The history of purity movements shows that they almost invariably create more division, not less. But I am sympathetic this much. I like purity, too. I like everyone in agreement. Frankly, I like everyone in agreement with me. (laughs) The thing is, I rarely get it. I don't know about you, but my experience of being in community is of being in an impure patch of weeds where the good things pop up on occasion. Relationships are a messy business. They involve disagreement, occasional entanglement, and constant renegotiation. Speaking for myself, some days I feel like wheat rising up and fruitful, and others I feel like a disorganized batch of bindweed, like the ones that used to plague the garden of my youth, wind themselves around and spread all over the good earth without any clear direction. If there is wisdom to be gained from getting older, it seems to be the kind of wisdom my grandfather had in letting the garden grow up together, weeds and all, to recognize the plans for the neat furrows and carefully cultivated rows of Christians. That's how we arrange you all, you know. But what is that really about? Well, to some degree, it's a delusion about power. It's a projection of a pristine image on an organic, messy, and remarkably resilient body of folk that we call the body of Christ. Many gardeners would tell you the old horticultural wisdom that the primary definition of a weed is the wrong plant growing in the wrong place, and probably at the wrong time. Many theologians might say that this is also a possible way of defining the sins and evils we find at the world at any time. And sometimes, often actually, we find this is true within ourselves too. But again, Christ's concern today is not focused on how we're going to purify our sinful hearts or communities. The distinction between wheat and weeds, he makes it clear, is up to God and the angels, higher powers with greater and perhaps infinitely greater vision than we have. Jacob's dream in Genesis this morning is about these angelic powers promising him 
countless descendants scattered like the dust or the seed. And of course, all of us know the rest of the story about the ancient Israelites, and we learn that they too are seeds of wheat and weeds. Our world has always been and always probably will be more complex than we'd like it to be. And the wheat and the weeds are mixed together, not just in our communities, children of God and children of the evil one, to use the stark contrast that Jesus uses, but actually within each of us, because there are manifestations of the good and the bad that grow up in our individual hearts, side by side, sometimes so intertwined that we can scarcely sort out the roots of one from the other. And it only takes a glimpse of our own lives and relationships to see that this is true. We love with an imperfect love. Our friends and loved ones are not perfect towards us. We do good things and bad, sometimes from mixed motives. We are an untidy garden ourselves, just as much as the world is. We sometimes do more harm than good when we try to weed out our own patches of spiritual earth. We end up pulling out the plants we want to keep, along with those we don't. In fact, our weediness is an opportunity for God's grace to break in. Moreover, we learn from basic biology that competition from weeds in the garden can sometimes prevent the infestations of pests and diseases that are often the result of monoculture. Weeds can encourage more competitive growth from the good plants, and they can shade the more fragile. Maybe that in part is what God intends among us and within us. I think the majority of the bishops in the Anglican Communion, including our own, now gathered at Lambeth, get that somehow. No matter how much they disagree on matters of theology or interpretation, they're there, in the thick of it, in with the weeds. Because weeding in the fields of God without reference to today's gospel is an exercise that often results in diminishing returns. Engagement in the real world of relationships and in the kingdom means having some tolerance for weeds, some degree of patience with weediness, not only in those around us, but in ourselves too. For we are creatures not of our own making and certainly not of our own perfection, but creatures by virtue of baptism of grace. We trust that God, as the growing season rolls on, rushes in regularly to our midst and carries out all the good fruit, even in our weedy and fickle hearts, that Christ will burn away the chaff within and gather the grain of all that is good into the barn of God's eternal love. Grandpa lived out of this place of godly wisdom. He lived out that perfection is not expected or even demanded of us as individuals or as a community, only a faith and love that waters the garden, weeds and all. God in Christ promises 
to take care of the rest. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley, dot org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.